Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. Hi, I'm George Lennon. And I'm Brittany Pacheco, and we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to discuss The Boys, Episode 5, Season 3. I always get that flipped in my head. Episode 5 <laughs> of Season 3. Title of the episode is The Last Time to Look on This World of Lies. So, Why are these titles so long? <laughs> they're so long. And I don't know if you'll ever read the descriptions, but the descriptions are just like joke things from the episode. Like it's never, it never really explains what the episode's about. So uh, it's always kind of funny stuff. Like this time it was all about that Crimson Countess and her, her chimp country or whatever this thing she's trying to set up with uh, the orangutan from Dunstan. Dunstan checks in and like all these, like uh, these other like famous, I guess, primates from other movies from in the past. Anyway, it's silly. Um, before we uh, just really break it down, let's get our overall thoughts on the episode. Uh, George, what do you think about uh, episode five, season three? Uh, this is the first and only time I'll say this. I enjoyed this musical in this episode. I enjoyed the musical. <laughs> yes! Come yeah. to the dark side. No. that's <laughs> I said the first and only. <laughs> You, you so, need to watch Hamilton. It might change. Hamilton is so good. I tried, dude. So good. I watched like the first five minutes with Frank. I was, we we're like, nope, we can't do this. Yo, the opening numbers. Okay, we're 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 gonna digress. Let's stick with the boys. <laughs> let, let, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but overall, it, it, the musical part of it was a, a cool little change of pace of everything that was happening in the episode because a lot did happen, but it was a really good episode. Um, the story did advance a lot. Like we kind of see the progression of like what's happening with this 24 B24 and how it's affecting them. And I think that's going to play a role in the future with like Huey and, and Butch and just the long-term effects of this, I think is definitely going to be something that plays into the storyline later on. Yeah, definitely. Brittany, what are your thoughts on the episode? I mean, we talked about this last week with every episode, like becoming your favorite until the next episode airs. Right. And this for sure has definitely rang true for me. I feel like this episode was a little bit more emotional than past boys episodes. I don't know. I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on this too. Also shout out to Maggie who's joining us in the live chat. Hey girl, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Love to hear your thoughts on what you thought about this long ass titled episode, episode five. Be sure to leave your comments. We will be sure to uh, show them here on the live stream and address them and talk about it. But yeah, like I said, I, I really did enjoy this episode. Again, story development, the pacing of it with the addition of the musical was great in my opinion. Absolutely loved it, but definitely just more emotional in, in many ways, but def- more more around Starlight and Huey, of course. There's there's a lot going on in their relationship, and that dynamic is shifting ever so ever so slightly, if you will. Love this episode. Can't wait to dive into it with y'all. Yeah, and you know, it's like we always talk about. There's so much to this show, and it just there's there's just so many storylines, and it's all good stuff. But I think. You know, George, you had a good starting point. I think let's start off with uh, Kamiko's musical number because, you know, and I've mentioned this several times, like the one thing about the boys that's amazing is that they're, when they talk about like social justice stuff or they talk about political stuff, it's always stuff that pertains to our world, mm-hmm. our cur- current things that are happening right now in our world, right? So I, it was so like just crazy how the same kind of week we found out that Joker two is going to be a musical and potentially Lady Gaga is going to play Harley Quinn. And, uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is coming back, you know, the follow up to that billion dollar Joker movie. It's going to be a musical. This like uh, literally a week later, we find out that there's going to be a musical number in the boys. So their timing with this stuff is it's like eerie. It's like, they know, like they have like, they awesome. They have a crystal ball or something, but, uh, let's start out with the musical number. So Kamiko, just a little backstory in episode four, the end of episode four, the boys free uh, soldier boy. He uses that power where he like emits this light from his chest. Uh, 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 sorry. Kamiko takes the blast to save Frenchie and she's in bad shape. So in this episode, they get her back over to America from Russia, get her to the hospital. 
And, you know, I, I really, I, I'm really curious to what y'all think about this because she's having this like touching moment with, uh, with, with Frenchie in her, in her hospital bed. And she starts to make a sound and she, mm-hmm. you know, initially, and then she says, I got, and, I, and then she says, I got rhythm, which is the song that she performs, which is obviously a dream sequence. But, but my question for y'all, do y'all think that the part where she said, where she was making a sound and Frenchie was like reacting do y'all think that was real or was that part of like her fantasy? I think, I think it was real. <clears throat> I thought, I, I thought it was real too. I thought, I thought she's, so she's losing her powers. She's right. losing, she's starting to become like quote, unquote, normal to her. Right. I think maybe we don't know, like the bee might've been like the reason she couldn't talk or uh, something have to do with it. And I don't know. I think, I think she did say those words, all, all the musical stuff was in her head, but then, I think the first part of that definitely might have might have been been real. And see, I disagree. Okay. I disagree based on the sequencing of that whole that whole part because when they're watching the DVD with Judy Garland singing I Got Rhythm and she starts with her I, you know, and then she looks at Frenchie to say I got rhythm, they both uh take off their their ear earbuds. And when you go back to the scene after the musical dream sequence mm-hmm. and she's kissing Frenchie, they each have their earbuds back in. Mm-hmm. Right. So my whole thing is the dream sequence started with her saying, I, we've heard Kimiko attempt to use her voice back. I think all the way in season one, when they had uh, Haley Joel Osment's character Mesmer, uh, who was kind of helping the boys and what have you, she's in the bathroom and she's looking at herself. And that's the first time we see her attempt to use her voice, but we haven't seen anything since then. So my theory is that that whole dream sequence started with her attempting to use her voice because while Frenchie being kissed by Kimiko was a big like shock for him. And he's like, I'm going to go get coffee. You want, you want some coffee? Kind of, right. He's just kind of in a daze. Why wouldn't he have addressed the whole, you spoke, I can't huh. believe you spoke kind of yeah. thing. So that's just my theory. And who knows? I could be wrong. <laughs> you know, you're probably right. Cause like the headphone thing that you mentioned now, I didn't really notice that even on my rewatch. Uh, but I did notice that on the rewatch that. So when Frenchie asks her if she wants to, if she wants some coffee, cause he's going to get, get coffee. She doesn't, I mean, she just responds with shakes her head. Right. So she doesn't say anything. Now that to me, you know, maybe she, you know, baby steps, you know, you can't just say full sentences right away, but that's interesting because the way they do it, it it's kind of, it kind of leaves it open to interpretation. I think yeah. it's immediately after it happens, then the musical yeah. number starts. And of course, you know, that's part of this fantasy, uh, but something else and George, you referenced it that I want to talk about earlier in the episode. Kamiko is she's excited by the fact that she's losing her powers. Like she, she obviously wants to be a person because once she awakes, wakens, she, I don't think she was at a coma, right? She was just badly injured and knocked out. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It, it's hard to it's hard to totally know, but uh, you know she she seems excited by the fact that her body isn't healing like the Wolverine healing powers that she used to have, and the fact that you know Frenchie gives she asks for something heavy to pick up, and he gives her something heavy in the in the office, in the doctor's office or whatever in, in the hospital room, and she can't pick it up, and she's excited that she doesn't have her super strength, she doesn't have her healing powers, and I thought that was so interesting. When you think about the rest of the characters in the in the episode, the ones who are super powered, and the ones who, you know, who are super powered since like birth, I guess, and the the people who are taking Temp V, like the whole talk about powers, like it seems like, like to steal from the Spider Man, like these powers are a gift and a curse, and it's really how you look at it. You know what I'm saying? Like what what mm-hmm. what George? What's your take on that? No, it's definitely a gift and a curse. Like some people, yeah. like Kimiko, like it was like forced onto them, you know, like they, right. they didn't ask for this shit. And I think that's the difference when you get to Huey, like wanting power because right. he's basically been like a bitch his whole life. Yeah, yeah. So, but like, I, I think there's like a big difference between like Kimiko and him and like she just wants to be a normal person she wants to be able to die like she's been through a lot in her life losing her brother like dealing just with so much shit 
So I think she's just ready to be a normal person, but I don't think that's going to work. I think eventually somehow she's going to get her powers back and have to save Frenchie or something because I, I think that's what's going to end up happening. Because right. she's going to get in trouble with the little... Th this is the question I have for you guys because I was confused by this. Why is little Nina still coming to Frenchie to make him do these things when he already did the mission for her? Because he's always, like you said, he's always kind of been her, her bitch. Bro, like it's... Bro, bro, like, why? Like, kill her. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. They, they, they have, they, they've killed them more powerful people than, than, than her. Right. I think the implication is the fact that Frenchie doesn't want to kill people. Like, because okay. yeah, little Nina, true. little Nina, she comes to him early in the episode. She says like, Hey, I need, and she shows him a picture. I need you to kill this guy and his daughter. And he's yeah. like, I can't do that. And she's like, you always said that you always said that like, you know, death was like acid to your heart, but then you always did it. Yeah. But why right. didn't he say like, I already did. We did the jobs for you. Like well, I mean, he kind of did. Cause he said like, look like, you know, cause she's saying in the beginning of the scene that she says, well, you know, there were 10 Russian soldiers. So Russian soldiers were killed. And so, you know, so many people were killed because of y'all, what y'all did in Russia freeing soldier boy. Uh -huh. He says, well, She's that's owed. In other words, like, right. She you thinks owe that you owe me more. And he said, well, why don't you take that up with butcher? And she's mm -hmm. like, no, you're the one who introduced me to butcher. So I know you, I don't know him. That's kind of the way they're getting around it. Oh, wow. It's just that she knows that she can make Frenchie do things. She, she doesn't know butcher and, you know, spoiler alert, okay, he's not going to do anything for her. I mean, more than likely now he would just kill her. Like you're saying, like yeah. with the powers that butcher now has, or with the temp V, like yeah, just that's laser the, that's the thing. Like I would go to yeah. Bush like, hey, this lady's gonna make troubles for us like later on. Like right. let's get this over with. Yeah, I, I think it's just the crux of the story is the fact that he doesn't he 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 hit you know, Frenchie and Kamiko want to get out of this life and he yeah. hates the killing and you know he just gets kind of caught up in it. Uh -huh. So so Brittany, what are your thoughts about that? So quickly addressing the whole Nina bit, she yep. she knows how to how to play on Frenchie's emotions and he's weak in certain aspects of doing certain things. And she knows how to push his buttons on, on that front, uh, especially when it came to addressing the fact that he has killed children in the past because she's plainly said it, that never stopped you before. Right. And whatever Frenchie's past is, is his past. If, if he's decided to change his ways because of Kimiko and, wants to have like a future with her and that kind of thing. That's obviously the reason why he wouldn't want to, for one, work for Nina because he didn't like the crap that she had him do. And that's just kind of what it is. But addressing the whole having power is, is a blessing and a curse. It definitely can be like that depending on your perspective. George mentioned about Huey guy being a little bitch all his life even though he claims he's Dom Toretto and can take off super fast and he's all about family. <laughs> Jeez, that line well, no, killed he, me. No, <clears throat> the joke was that like, when, before I took the V, if I saw somebody look, looked at me like crossways, I was scared and I was, because I'm quick, I take off. Like I'm all, I'm all like, I'm all like uh, Dom Toretto. I'm quick and I'm all about family. Yeah. So he's saying now with the V that, you know, now he's, He'll, he's tough and he can stand up he's for tough. himself. And... Right. Anyway, but when you consider the interaction between Maeve and Butcher yeah, and yeah. Butcher's feelings about having taken temporary V, it was kind of questioned, did you liked having that power? And he looked at Maeve and said, I hated every fucking second of it. Mm -hmm. The thing is that in his perspective, V just makes him more of himself. Like he right. knows he's an asshole. He knows the qualities that he has, be it good or bad. It's just, he even said it to Huey that taking the V was punishment. It wasn't right. like something he was proud of doing. It was kind of just a, a necessary means to an end. But with Huey, for example, he looks at it as a way that he can be helpful and not be afraid and be confident in this, this and that. But that's going to come with some sort of consequences. Like, there's no question about that. There's no way they would set things up like this without there being some sort of consequences for, for Huey. So uh, would it be cool to have these kind of powers to be able to take down your enemy? Sure. But at what cost? Exactly. And, you know, you brought up the Maven and uh, Butcher scene, which I 
did not see that really coming. I mean, now, definitely, she's been the one supplying the temp V this season. So, I, you know, obviously, they have a connection in that way. But I did not see this scene coming up. And I want to mention, you know, obviously, they get together. Uh, he offers her a drink. She says she hasn't had a drink in four months. He said it's been a year for him. Then they, they get hammered and they end up having sex, which I did not see coming at all. Like, I just did. I Crazy. Um, I mean, well, first off, did y'all see that coming or, or not? Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, w- once they're drinking on the couch, I'm like, okay, I knew that. But like when she first came in there, I'm like, I did not expect this scene to go to that place. Um, but, you know, as I said, I mentioned another Spider-Man thing earlier. I mentioned about how the, the you know gift and a curse. Well, Butcher, as he's talking to her about his hatred for, for soups, even though he's taking in this, uh, this drug and it's, it's helping him level the playing field with them. He has another very like Spider-Man type quote, but with a definitely a butcher uh, slant, he says, uh, he says with great power comes the absolute certainty that you'll turn into a right cunt. <laughs> and like, that's, you know, it's with great power comes great responsibility is what the, the playoff, but uh, what he said is rings pretty true. You know, like when people become powerful, they become the worst version of themselves. And even he said it would like, all it does is it just amplifies what's already inside of you. You know, is that, so, is that foreshadowing? I mean, because he, maybe he's being a dick. Like, yeah, he, I mean, he's becoming, he's really becoming, he's been a dick. No, but he's talking about even worse than before. He's the mirror reflection of Homelander now. You notice yeah. that? Like, think about Homelander. Yeah. And, and then think about with like what it would happen with Maeve. We were talking about Homelander had sex with Butcher's wife, right? So now Butcher has sex with Homelander's like ex-girlfriend or whatever. Like the way they treat the way Butcher treats the boys, the way Homelander treats the seven, very similar. Yes. Yeah. The like, parallels are very strong it's, it's, amongst the two it's men. So strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, really interesting the way they're do they're going with this with this character, mm-hmm. Butcher. Yeah. In this season. And um, then also the parallels between Homelander and Maeve and then Soldier Boy and Crimson countess like exactly we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in, yeah in we'll get to that we'll talk we'll more about that Soldier Boy. yeah but put it put a pin in that one yeah that, that's a good point but the, but the one thing I, w- I wanted to bring up also and ask you all this question is so we're taking this parallel between butcher and and uh, homelander so i want to ask you all about butcher's powers now we've seen that butcher is bulletproof like homelander we've seen that butcher has the laser eyes like homelander can butcher fly like homelander George, what do you he, think? I don't think he can fly yet. Yeah. Well, no. he hasn't had a reason to, right? But, right. But I wonder I if know. he can, you know, because he has the other powers, it seems like. I, I would try to find out, like, if I yeah. could, like, if I only had it for 24 hours, I know one, I want to know exactly what I can do. Yeah. Like Shazam style with, like, that little kid, like, recording <laughs> it, taking notes or yes. whatever. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I'd be but too. He, I, I have a fear of heights, so I would be afraid to even attempt it. So, but, but what do you think? Don't, don't you feel like you, like, I feel like what I would definitely do is I would like go to the basketball court and be like, okay, let's see if I can like jump from the free throw line because I've never been able to do that. And then if I did that, I'm like, well, let's see what else I can do. Like, cause I would think that if you could fly, you would have some kind of feeling, even when you're on the ground where you could feel like maybe if I just take off a little bit, who yeah. knows what's going to, you know, like. I am not at all surprised that if you ever got your hands on temporary V I, I, none of oh. this surprised me about you attempting to find out what kind of powers you have, because that is very you. That is very, yeah, there's no doubt. I would try to find out all the powers. I would You definitely would. I definitely would. And, and being better at basketball, I'd be, I'd be there recording my, Justin taking notes. <laughs> improving my basketball game wouldn't be my number one priority, but it's just the, something George, I thought of like, George, just do it from a distance. Okay. Yeah. Like you, it's oh a long lens. I know <laughs> that's funny. But no, I just I was thinking about that because like he has all the other powers. It seems like he's he's got to have that power. I I think that okay, might be a very big reveal. And let's say that's maybe the finale, the penultimate, the penultimate, or or the finale. Like right. that will be the big thing about Butcher, or whenever they decide to do the showdown between Butcher and Homelander, or Butcher Homelander and Soldier Boy. You know what I'm saying? Like that's gonna probably be the big like whoa, yeah, like shit just got real at this I, point. And I think that I think we're going to see Butcher fly in the season finale. That's my prediction. I, I I don't even want to say anything about next season because this show, like I've said so many times, it's just it's all all gas, no breaks. Like they're like you can't predict. Like 
it's hard for me to predict right now who's even going to be in season four. You know what I mean? Like characters, like uh-huh. they, none of them could make it. You know, obviously many of them will, but um, let let's stick with Butcher before we go to Soldier Boy. Let's stick with Butcher and let's talk about like all the great scenes he has with MM. Like those are like there's some really great back and forth scenes talking about because you know mm is telling him like look like we we shouldn't be using these powers right that's not what this is about and uh britney why don't you talk about that while uh i've got a little bit of a noise issue over here let me let me just start off with this really all that mm is telling butcher at this point is fuck you that's literally all he's telling him like yeah. every time butcher addresses mm it's like fuck you <laughs> And I love how Laz Alonzo just just says it with such like distaste in his mouth. Like he really hates Butcher at this point. But the the scene that you're uh, talking about with with MM watching footage from uh, the Russian experimenting on on Soldier Boy, which by what by the way looked pretty awful, terrible. Having yeah. a gun just you know bullets down your your throat and you're in you're invincible right you're virtually indestructible and what have you and pardon me with with the conversation between butcher and mm obviously mm feels some type of way about soups specifically soldier boy because of what happened between his family and and soldier boy and the fact that butcher just wasn't honest with the boys to say hey i've got tip v i've taken it this is what i'm doing and it kind of defeats the purpose of what the boys do and their mission of having power. The point is, like, no one should have this kind of power. There shouldn't exactly. be this one almighty and the, these pawns, if you will, that have to be submissive to the almighty. So it, it's a big problem between the two. And, and you'll hear it throughout this episode about uh about drawing a line the problem about not drawing a line is that you don't know where you stand and that's what mm will say to butcher when they they i say butcher and huey will take compound v the second time or third time for butcher uh in order to face soldier boy in in the near future and mm's just like i'm not about it like I, i i don't want anything to do with this this is just my stance on it. And then Butcher being the dickhead that he is, <laughs> will roofie MM to basically get him out of his way right? because Butcher will not draw that line. He says he just can't. Yeah. And George, whenever I saw the, the part where MM is roofied, did you think he was roofied or for, I thought he was, he gave him V like in yeah, the water. I thought, I thought for a second, I was like, man, did he give him V? I was like, yeah. that's, that's pretty sick. I was like, I can't wait to see what happens. Cause then it's like if he gave him V and then all like MM like hulks out, like he could just kill butcher. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it makes yeah. sense that he didn't give him the powers, but that's what I thought because MM was so betrayed in his yeah. look. And it's like, that's probably the worst thing you do is give him powers. Cause he is the one who's the most adamant about not having powers. Yeah. Given what happened to his family. But I kind of like that flip. Cause we talked about this last week about the comics. MM is actually a soup in the comics. But well, he they, has he has power. Yeah, he has. Power. Or he has yeah. powers yeah. rather. And as of now in this series, we haven't seen that happen. Right. And I like the fact that what you what you said again last week about they're staying true to his convictions in the sense of we should not have this power, so I'm not going to partake. Right. And he is clearly disappointed with Huey, who yeah. listens to everything that MM says, and MM has a lot of respect for Huey and and who he is, but that apparently is not enough. For Huey. Also, let me just say this too. Have you guys noticed the two times that we've seen the interactions between Butcher, or well, maybe not interactions, but Butcher seeing his little brother Lenny yeah. again? Wow. And we saw that a little bit more clearly in the beginning of this episode when Huey's puking his guts out mm-hmm. or Kermit the Frog having a, a wank in, in, <laughs> in Huey's mouth, which was hilarious to me. But you saw that quick glimpse from Huey to, to what we presume is Lenny. So maybe right. we'll see a little bit more of the backstory of what happened with Lenny. Is Butcher responsible for Lenny's death or is it just something else entirely? Right. So I'm wondering if Butcher's demons are going to really come out more so now that he's taken V, just like we see the, the demons of, let's say, Homelander just, well, I don't know if he really even has demons. He's just psychotic, but... I'm Definitely. just curious if all that's going to play out this season or just cliffhangering it into next season. 
Yeah, I mean, they're definitely they've shown us this. Like you said, it's been twice now. They've shown kind of his brother, his little brother, by looking at Huey, and then you know, of course, Huey is the one who's like, "Yeah, you still got me. I'm still on your team. I'm still. I'll take the V." He's happy to take the V, and that kind of leads us nicely into like this whole thing between Huey and Starlight. And like he, you know, Starlight obviously has had the powers, and you know, Huey now he feels like by taking the compound or taking the temp V he can now uh, save her. You know, that, that's what he says. I'm taking this to save you from Homelander. Obviously she doesn't want him to take it because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, th- this might kill you. And uh, I, I love their, like, whenever they're, they're first talking about it, like in the kitchen area or whatever. And he's, he's telling, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm never going to do it again. He's like, it's gross. He's like, I absolutely hated it. And then he paused. He's like, I fucking loved it. <laughs> he's like, it was awesome. <laughs> and like that whole thing was, it was a pretty funny thing. And then he said like, you know, he tells her about how he can teleport. He's like, he's like, yeah, I just knew how to do that. I just clenched my butt together and jumped. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that so funny, that right? whole sequence between the two of them, from the top <laughs> Dom Toretto comment to the butt right. to teleport, I I was laughing. It, I mean, Jack Quaid has got some comedic comedic timing yeah, and in, in, in what he's doing with this show it's great i love it i think he's the funniest person on the show because his reactions are always like the best like no matter what anybody says his reactions take it to another level like he's just he's so good at that and and then you know but then like it's you you see him kind of losing his uh his humanity a little bit you know or or maybe not you know what i don't know if he's losing his humanity but i think it's kind of like the thing with butcher and mm and mm where you know, there's a part where Butcher, he acknowledges like what M.M. is saying is correct. He's like, we, when he's telling Maeve, like, all of you should be dead. All, all of, no one should have this power. He's telling her that, but then he's saying like, but I need the power. I live in the real world and I have to, I have to level the playing field. You know, in the past, it would take us months to, you know, find a soup and be able to take care of one. He's like, I killed, uh, what's his name? A gunpowder in seconds. You know, it's like, yeah. so like, mm is right but butcher is saying like but but unfortunately like you know your ideals your ideal is correct but we don't live in an ideal world we live in the real world where there you know homelander has the power so we've got to level the playing field and i feel like huey is now to that level to where he knows like hey like every time i take this stuff it could kill me who knows what's going to do to me but it's worth it because if i do nothing then she's going to get Homelander's going to kill Starlight and he's going to kill everybody else. So he feels like it's like, you know, it's a roll of the dice, but it's something he should do. And obviously Starlight feels, you know, otherwise. So what did y'all think about? I'll start with George. What did you think about their interactions, Huey and Starlight throughout the episode from the kitchen scene to the very end where they're, it seems like they're kind of going separate, their separate ways. Yeah. I think Huey's starting to lose like, control like he's got that taste and urge for that power yeah and he doesn't really care like i know he says he does it to protect starlight which i think there is like a tiny portion of him that yeah definitely that's a part of it but there's something that's unlocked that he just wants to like keep going see where this goes and see what he can do and i don't know he likes that power and i don't know what's going to happen with him and starlight uh I, I I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know where it goes. Like he's definitely going to try and protect her or be there for her and they're going to have to eventually fight together somehow. I I think uh Starlight's going to have to get over the thing that that they're going to use Soldier Boy as a weapon. They're all going to have to work together. Like whether they like it or not. Yeah, exactly. That's that seems like it's a, you know, it's a it's a team up as Butcher says, but it's not like a team up. It's a team up of uh convenience more so than uh or a team of necessity more so than like, Hey, like we're like the Avengers or something. We're like a real team. (laughs) We're the Revengers. Um, Maggie brings up a good point about Huey is going on a power trip. He's being a compound V addict. And Mm -hmm. and we did kind of mention that at at the end of last, uh, last week's episode about my, my concern was with butcher being addicted to the power. And, and then it shifted to that of Huey, obviously. And, I, I see definitely how 
just having that little taste of, of power for Huey is, is not enough. He's going to want more and it's, it, it's going to come at a cost. Obviously if that cost is losing Starlight as his girlfriend, because she said to him, like pleading to him, like, I don't need you to save me. I just need you because obviously she had no idea what she was getting into when she became a part of the seven. She has seen all the things, unfortunately has done some of the things to, in order to stay part of the seven, having to play that game just to survive. And it probably is killing her, you know, bit by bit. And then right. to have the one good thing that was normal, that wasn't part of this chaos is now going into that chaos, be taking this thing from Vought, the temp V. And I mean, she was rightfully pissed off about it. Like, why would you do something like that? You don't know what it's going to do to you. And yeah, she, for all intents and purposes, basically has a temp V junkie for a boyfriend. And that's going to become more important to him than than her. Maybe. Not sure. But I think, I mean, if they go their separate ways for the time being because they just can't see eye to eye on it, they're going to have to just kind of wrap their heads around and just be like, listen, this is there's something greater. And that's to take out Homelander. So this is what we need to do, whatever it takes. Right. This, is, this is what needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think that to Huey, I, I think that it's the, uh, I think he is addicted to it, but I think there's also a factor of like, the ends justify the means. So if we have to do this, like you said, whatever it takes, it's what we're going to do. And, you know, whatever it takes also includes teaming up with soldier boy, which let's talk about soldier boy now. And I wanted to mention, uh, so I, I followed Maggie last week on Twitter and it seems like she's a big fan of Jensen Ackles who plays soldier boy. And just I, I wanted, a little bit. Right. And so <laughs> I, I wanted to point out something that I, I saw on social media. Maybe I even saw it on, on, on Maggie's one of her posts or something. But uh, the fact that in uh, in this episode, they mention when they're doing the tests on soldier boy, one of the test dates or the test date they mentioned is January 24th, which is the birthday of the character he used to play in, in uh, oh, what's it called? Supernatural, supernatural, supernatural uh, Dean Winchester's birthday. And like that show has a fanatical fan base because it went on for 15 seasons there's a prequel that's going to be on the CW coming next fall. I, I believe Jensen Ackles is, is a part of that also as a, like a showrunner or something. And as we talked about Eric Kripke, he created supernatural. He was the showrunner for five years on that show. And so I think that's cool that like, that he's like throwing a kind of a bone or like a, an Easter egg to people uh, who, who know this character and know this actor. So I, I think that's just kind of a cool thing to bring up. But as far as soldier boy himself, um, so we see him, you know, he, he's, uh, he's leaving Russia. He makes his way over to, uh, to New York. How does he get there? That's a good question. Well, we, when Can he fly? back in Russia, we saw that there were two guys like speaking Russian. It looked like they were working maybe at a hangar at an airport and he climbs down the ladder uh, with the full on beard. So he, he probably was just, I must have missed that. I don't, I don't it, it's kind of a quick scene. Yeah. Like it was a quick scene. Yeah. It's a quick scene. Right. It's one. It's the first time you actually see him besides the experiments. It's just okay. a quick transition between other scenes. Okay. Uh, but he gets there. He gets to New York, and he he's culture shock. Yeah, it's culture. You're right. He very. It's, it's sort of like like what we always say about how you know Captain America, the the first Avenger, where he wakes up and instead of being in 1944, he's in 2010 New York City, and you know, he sees the uh, Times Square and everything. He's kind of freaking out. But the difference is this guy, he doesn't kill anybody. right. He, he's seeing people, he's seeing like, you know, gay couples and he's seeing yeah, advertisements. But Cap, and, but Cap wasn't triggered by a Russian song playing on the radio. Right. Which apparently Big he, difference. <laughs> whenever he was being tortured, they had Russian synth pop yeah. playing. And so that he hears that song and he just starts, you know, this, uh, like, I mean, I guess he has nuclear power, right? Is that Definitely. what we're kind of? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Nuclear. He just, he just nukes this guy in this building. I don't know if it's an apartment building or whatever it was. Just this giant hole, like in the middle of this building is just evaporate. He evaporates this building basically. Um, but what do y'all think about him, him? Like as a fish out of water, he's got the beard, he's got the long, longer hair. I thought that was very, very cool. Like compared to like what I was saying with the, uh, the first adventure because I, I like first adventure i think that's a very 
I just think it's so cool how they're taking these things that we already love and they're like, they're twisting them, but they're kind of making them better, in my opinion. So yeah, this was a way darker. Uh, yeah, if, if, imagine Captain America woke up like that and just fucking murdered murdering people. Woo! I'm here. No, for but it. No, but he could though. <laughs> that like that's the thing about the boys is like you know what if Superman were evil? It's like this Superman is totally evil. I mean, yeah. not totally, but like he's he does no, just kill evil. people. Yeah, he's evil. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of like a blend between Cap and and Bucky. Obviously, Bucky having right. been right. influenced by Hydra, and you know, with the long hair, uh, I'm glad he shaved down the beard because it was not a good look. I like I like facial hair on on guys, like but like the full on like Russian beard, not a good look. Anyway, uh, yeah, him being the fish out of water in in New York, which is interesting. To I, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit when yeah. MM and the boys meet up with the legend and we get a little bit more background story about the legend himself and then about soldier boy soldier boy who apparently does not age much like right. Stormfront, and it's much like becoming, captain america much like captain america yeah. and it's like in whatever year a particular movie was filmed soldier boy was 63 years old and his his leading lady was 19 it started yeah. becoming an issue then yeah. but I, yeah. Yeah. and then <laughs> <laughs> he brings up entrapment talking about <laughs> fucking um uh, michael douglas fucking Catherine zeta jones he's like a thousand you know? right right well they end up getting That's... married though yeah i know they end up getting right. married they have kids sidebar okay right but the fact that soldier boy really really yeah. has just been out of the loop of things i mean with being in the container in russia for you know 30 30 five plus almost years, 40 year, yeah, almost 40 years. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, you missed out on a lot, bud. And especially with New York city being the quite progressive liberal city that it is. So, um, I like, I, I like the nods for sure towards Cap America, uh, winter soldier. And if you even want to throw in Superman just for the hell of it, sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that the character is such a cool character and, and you know, you touched on the legend. Let's talk about the legend real quick. The legend is played by Paul Reiser, which I did not expect to see Paul Reiser from. Uh, apparently, he's in Stranger Things, but I, I knew yeah, Paul Reiser is. from uh, Mad About You. He would like Mad About You is this huge comedy in the '90s. It was on NBC. It was like around Seinfeld and Friends. It was like in that era. Um, and to see him play this character, I mean, he, he nails this. It's like a Hollywood type uh, like agent guy, right? But he was basically Stillwell before Stillwell. He was yeah. the uh, he was the VP of hero management at Vaught. And it's just funny, like the way he, the, you know, you, Brittany, you mentioned about the, you know, the inappropriateness of the age gap and the, and the <laughs> characters. And he's talking about like, you know, he's, I mean, offering he's just people, going left and right. Yeah. I mean, he's just not Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando, Brando which, uh, that's kind yeah. of a reference to Marlon Brando. You know, he plays Jor-El in the first two Superman movies. Right. And they did like Jor-El, like uh, Marlon Brando did like, apparently take kind of a i mean he he still made a lot more money than like christopher reeve who was superman but he he did take like a small cut to play that role so i feel like that was like a nod because they said it was like he's like yeah he's like well you know this this happened he's like but uh you know he took a cut in his pay to to be in that steel knight role he's like so who, you know so who fucked who or whatever like which, <laughs> was such a funny my like, favorite my favorite line was when he offers you a cocaine <laughs> she was like, "No, I'm full." She's like, "I'm all full of cocaine." Of cocaine, yeah. But it's interesting that that you know, MM knew the legend. He knew that once, uh, Soldier Boy arrived in the states or in, in New York, that he would go visit the legend, and the legend had kept his uh his suit, which suit the suit is awesome. It's like a, it's like kind of a greenish color. The I, the shield looks really cool. It's a great, it's a great like Captain America ripoff suit. I, I mean, perfectly done. Um, but like he did like lines of coke with the legend, you know, like and the, the mirror is still there. And MM's like, so if I if I do a DNA sample of that, like who is it going to show? And yeah. I don't know. It's just th the show is so great. Like I wish we could have seen those scenes of him <laughs> interacting because like you know, here's this guy he hasn't seen in forty years, and he comes back looking the same. To have I don't, I don't know, it would have been a funny inter interaction to see those two characters. 
Yeah, for the legend to basically say that he thought he was seeing a ghost of right. Soldier Boy, and it it wasn't, of course. It really was Soldier Boy who came to his door. And the reason for it was because he wanted the address of Crimson Countess, right. uh, so Soldier Boy's former flame. And from what we got out of it, leg the legend that it wasn't going to be a happy reunion. And it really did not end up being a happy reunion. But before we get there, I, I also want to just just address that it's interesting how MM works with the left from time to time because of the very fact that, like what you said, Justin, being VP of Hero Management, he okayed the cover-up of a lot of incidences that the soups did, including whatever it is that Soldier Boy did to MM's family. Right. So I can't imagine how difficult that would be for MM to like go seek help from the man who covered up whatever it happened with with MM's family. Mm -hmm. Insane to me. Insane to me. Because we even we get a little glimpse of the the rift between MM and Janine's stepdad for all intents and purposes who right. I don't know who she is to him I think his name is Todd but the fact that Todd is like oh she can listen to Homelander rant and rave and it's good for her she loves Homelander and and MM mouths off and and Todd's like you want to you know watch the language in front of the kid and he's like she it's not the kid she's my daughter like it's really interesting just how we see now with the dynamic change of homelanders uh, audience you know his the people who look up to him obviously and and how that can easily influence a younger generation and it's it's political whatever social all that bit it's it's just really interesting to see how everything in the show is so relatable to what's happening today Yep. Um, but again, I digress. But going back to um, the legend giving the information to Soldier Boy about Crimson Countess and y'all, that scene with Crimson and that that was a uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Oh my yeah. god, that was disgusting. Y'all remember? <laughs> y'all remember Seth Rogen? He played himself like in season one. Yeah, he, he did like a movie like with Light and War. Yeah, something. Yeah. So yeah, in this uh, is, this ep in this episode, uh, Seth Rogen is having a uh, a private kind of uh, video cam chat with uh, Crimson Countess, and he's his uh, screen name is Circumzalot seven seven nine. So uh, that's awesome. And then al also the fact that she's like warming up these like very large anal beads, like. They're this not show... anal bees. They're anal balls. Okay. Like, yeah, they're, right. They're exactly. Ginormous. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th that was also like the show just, there's no boundaries. This show won't cross, you know? Um, but I do like the part where like, you know, she's kind of getting in the mood and she's playing her own music, which is this like very like Celine Dion-ish like ripoff music about her love for animals. It's so, I don't know. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really disturbing right. that whole scene. George is right in saying it was it was quite disgusting, and seeing seeing Seth Rogen's um, character pleasure himself, and yep. Yep. it's it's cut off on her part because Butcher swoops in, <laughs> tackling her down, yep. loses Thank connection, and uh, Seth Rogen is un unfortunately has to finish <laughs> without. Crimson yeah. Countess being yeah. present. But this is where I, I mentioned earlier about the dynamic, not the dynamic, sorry, the parallel between Homelander and Maeve and Crimson Countess and Soldier Boy. So quickly going back to that of Homelander and Maeve, there's there's a scene where Homelander is on the is it Cameron? Cameron Coleman. This? Cameron Coleman, couldn't think of his name. Cameron Coleman show talking about this new supervillain that's present took down this apartment, whatever is America safe. And Homelander says, yes, right. of course, America's safe. Go out to dinner, go watch the movies and do all the things go out. In other words, like just go out. Right. And Maeve is watching this. Homelander comes in, asks, do you really think that maybe this is a setup? And she says that she thinks that Homelander is a malignant narcissist. You know, I don't think we any of us could disagree. And what ended up transpiring was the fact that Homelander said, 
out of all the people you may have knew what it was like to be lonely at the top, but we had each other, you know, did you ever actually love me? And she tells him, you know, I hated you. I hated you from the start, but more than anything, I pity you. And we'll see that echoing back with Crimson Countess and Soldier Boy. But I'm also getting ahead of myself once more because the fact that Homelander in this uh, conversation with Maeve, he he basically says, oh, that it's funny that you pity me. Hey, you want to see something else that's funny? Maeve turns around yeah. and swoop. Black Noir comes in just out of nowhere. And so, we have no idea what happens with him. Yeah, so I, she's sort not of. dead, right? Do y'all think she's dead? No. I don't no. know. <laughs> I think we've got to see her death for it to, for that to happen. It's, she's too big of a character to kill off screen. Off screen, yes, but I think George, uh, I think everyone pretty much agreed that Maeve is probably not going to make it past this season. It'd be, I'd be very surprised if she did. Yeah, yeah, I don't think she's, I don't think she's dead right now. Like I think they like captured her and they're going to keep her hostage somewhere. But eventually, I think definitely she she might die later this season. And the fact that Starlight goes and pleads with the new CEO of Vought International, a.k.a. Ashley, the fact that Starlight goes to Ashley and is asking about Maeve. Where is she? Is she even alive? Like, Homelander is out of his mind. He's out of control. We need to stop him. And it looked like Ashley was about to just spill her guts. Right. But then she, you know, gets her composure and says, I am the CEO of Vought you know, schedule a fucking appointment the next right. time you want to see me. Yep. So I think definitely she's, I mean, it goes without saying, Ashley is scared. Ashley yeah. is scared of Homelander, what he would do if she teamed up with Starlight. I mean, or am I off base here? No, no, he, definitely. I mean, she's, you know, she knows what happened to Maeve. She obviously knows what happened to Supersonic, even though they say Supersonic died of a drug overdose. You know, clearly that's not the case. Yeah, she's, She's a she's afraid and Homelander, you know, much like what Edgar said, Homelander's in over his head, you know, like he he might be the most powerful man in the world, but he doesn't know how to run this company. You know, he doesn't know about any of this stuff. And it's it's just way over his skis. And he, you know, and, and that so was he, very apparent with that board meeting. Yeah, he had with the very with beginning of the, yeah. people with the uh, I can't even pronounce it. E.B.I.T.D.A. margins. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah basically all the board members are sucking up to Homelander feeding yep. into his ego. And the one person that challenges him on the thing, he starts losing his mind yeah. and then the ear ringing. And, and it's like, he's going to snap and probably laser beam all these fucking people right in front of him. But he, yeah, he's way in over his head, but what little control he does have, he's going to definitely exhibit that he has black noir in his corner. The, yep. the question last week was, is Black Noir still in in league with Stan Edgar or not? I think it's pretty clear he's not. <laughs> he's definitely with Homelander. I don't know. His bidding. I'm not, I'm not convinced. Ooh, tell me more. I'm just not convinced. I still think he's there to keep him in check somehow. I, I, I think we'll see it later on, but I, I'm not convinced. I mean, Noir might still kind of work for Edgar. You know what I mean? He might still be Edgar's kind of inside guy or whatever um i could see that happening because i mean we're we're not we haven't seen the last of john carlo esposito in this in this show like he'll i have hope a, not he is no, phenomenal he, just phenomenal and, and whatever role back. he he's in even yeah. in mandalorian but okay i'm not gonna progress from there <laughs> i bet we see him in the finale i bet you know he has to kind of clean up the mess and they bring him back or something we're, we're gonna see him again i think um one thing I want to talk about, which I think was a was a key part of this episode, was A Train storyline. A Train, you know, we see him the first time we called see it. Him, yeah, with the first called time it. we see him, Starlight confronts him about Supersonic's death, and she's like, "Hey, you know, you know what you did was, you know, you basically you got him killed. You got Supersonic killed, and he he he, he blows her off, and then he goes to this meeting with Ashley, where Ashley says, you know, for your for your loyalty to Homelander, we've granted you a meeting with Blue Hawk, and he's here right now. And so, the you know the Blue Hawk guy comes in, which uh, the actor that plays this guy he does a really good job because this is also like a you know super racist character, but he he plays it. It's humorous, but then it's also like 
scary the way he does it. It's, it's very similar to like what Anthony Starr does with uh with Homelander. Well, it's like he's trying but, to downplay right. the whole thing, but yeah, it does make yeah. it quite scary. But basically, Atrain tells Blue Hawk in this little meeting, he's like, "Hey, like you know the what you're doing, the way you're patrolling these black neighborhoods, you're coming off as racist." And then Blue Hawk's like, "He's like, actually, it's racist to call someone racist." And then he's like, "Is this a cancel kind of thing? Like, am I being canceled?" <laughs> like, like they're just trying to hit all the all the things that we hear about in daily life there, the boys are just like checking off the box for that. But the, the next part of this storyline, which, you know, you know, basically they agree. Okay. Like a train's like, well, I want you to, you need to apologize. So blue Hawks. Okay. Name the time and place. So then later on, we see a train has a uh, blue Hawk come to the community center that, uh, that um, a train's brother, I guess he's kind of, he kind of runs that community center. And he's going to give this apology in this black neighborhood. And like the apology is just like the lamest thing or whatever. And he just says like, you know, could he have read that apology any faster? Yeah. Just monotone. And then he's like, he's like, you know, I do not see color. I only see crime. And then he offers like to give $10,000 to the community center. And then the people are up in arms about him. And then it all, all hell breaks loose they're screaming black lives matter. Then he's like, all lives matter. Then he's like, soup lives matter. And then he loses it. He's like punching and throwing people. And then, you know, eventually a train stops him, but the damage is, is already done because a train's brother, uh, Nate is badly injured. Later on, we learned that, you know, he's never going to walk again. And, what, uh, what took a train so long to stop that? I know. And that's what I thought too. I, th- I thought the same thing. Because he's not fast, y'all. Okay? If he starts running fast, his heart's going to explode. Give give him a break. Well, that was a moment to give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> roll the dice there. Because, yeah, yeah it's just, it. the, the thing is, that, and I, I mentioned this to you, Brittany, like, I, the apology, I expected like a lame apology. I did not expect that this Blue Hawk would do what he did in front of a cram- camera crew at a press conference. Like a, a, like a makeshift. Like I felt like it something would bad would happen for sure. Just I how, thought like, it, how fake it was coming along and blah yeah. blah. See, I thought it was gonna be it was gonna be come off really fake, but then the next day they were gonna find out that he killed somebody else in the neighborhood for like a parking ticket or something. That's why I thought this was gonna happen. But and then how they hide it, like he his interview afterwards, he's like yeah. he was stopping battling Antifa. Antifa, yeah. really, right. really. <laughs> it's. And the headline on TV says Blue Hawk stands up to Antifa. It's just like, oh my God. Like and, and just how he spins it saying someone tried to pull a gun out. And he's like, you know, it's just a shame that I try to donate money and this is how people react. Yeah. So what do you guys think is gonna happen with A Train's storyline now? Now that his brother will never walk again and this happens and how Vot's covering up this guy who's not even in the seven. Right. Instead of taking like his back, do you think that's gonna flip the switch in him and just like he's gonna be like, all right, fuck Homelander, fuck everybody, football? Like, I would hope so because the fact that the deep and, and hopefully we'll talk about the deep. In yeah, a we'll talk about it next. Yeah, the fact that the deep had pointed out that Blue Hawk is part of Homelander's, not so much. I don't know. Demographic is the his right, base. Like his base. His, they have you. the same. Yeah, they, they, the they, same they reach the same demographics. You're right. Yeah. So. To to punish Blue Hawk for what he's doing is like punishing Homelander by extension, right? So right. that was not going to fly. And the very fact that when Starlight was addressing A Train in the hallway about ratting out Supersonic, getting him killed virtually, she said, "Why are you so desperate desperate to be around people who don't like you? Right? Like why?" And I think at this point, he's hopefully gonna do something about it i hope this isn't gonna be like a game of thrones kind of situation where with jamie seeing cersei for who she really was and he's like i you know i need to do something about this no the bitch goes back to his fucking crazy sister right i hope it's not going to continue like that for a train i hope he will flip the switch and team up with starlight and be discreet about it you know what i mean and because yeah. that's what needs to happen. So Maggie here says that a train may steal compound V and pump it into his brother and his brother may go rogue and kill blue Hawk. That would be a twist. <laughs> That'd be cool. That would be, that. 
but George, to answer your question, to me, it's like if if this doesn't spur a tron a train on to like change his ways, like nothing will. You know, like he, you know, it's it this like it couldn't hit more home closer to home for him than having his brother now be paralyzed basically because of what he set up. You know, he was trying to set up this like very PR ish, very meaningless, like, uh, you know, press conference or whatever. And he's like, you know, this, I'm using my platform to help. And it's like, that's not what his brother was telling him to do. His brother was like telling him like, either do something with your fame or get out of there and just come back and live at home. Like we, you know, this, what you're doing now is not the way to go. So to me, I just don't see him being welcomed into the boys group, especially with starlight with given what's happened. So maybe he goes rogue on his own, you know, and like tries to do something and he meets an untimely end at the end of this season or something. Cause I could see eventually like, this has got to be his breaking point. I would think. I would agree with that just because it took something very personal Right. Someone very close to him, his own flesh and blood, to be paralyzed by the hands of another soup who won't take responsibility for his actions and won't do the right thing. And A-Train just needs to not buy into that shit anymore. It's, it, it's not about the money. It's not about the the housing. It's not about, it's not about any of that anymore. Like right. the fact that there's no, there's no line drawn even for the soups, that's not okay. And, and I think I'm hoping that Adrian will start to see that and want to be at the forefront of actually doing something to change that. Might get him killed, but if he stands up for, I, for what's right, hey. <laughs> I think he's a character that kind of has to die because of all the stuff he's allowed. Like, I, I think he there almost has to be like a sacrifice to if he wants to kind of redeem himself maybe, but I don't, I don't know. Listen, with this show, with one, this show, it's hard to say that with this show. The one that they can sacrifice is deep because he's fucking stupid. <laughs> he's a fucking coward. He's, he's, Oh my God. He's comic relief though. And like, that's we find, fine. We find out now fuck. that he's put in charge of crime analytics. Uh, you know, Homelander basically appoints him in charge of this. And, I mean, it's, it's so, so funny, but he like, he you know, gives this speech that of course his wife like wrote for him. You could tell, cause she's like mouthing the words as he's saying them. And he's tell, telling the woman who was previously in charge that like, Hey, like you had a good run. And like, you know, like, even though he had no experience, <laughs> but. Okay. It, I'm going to sidebar real fast. Right. Does that not sound familiar in a certain work environment? Well, yeah. But, but I don't know if y'all, whenever y'all watch the show on Amazon, if you ever like click on their little like those notes or whatever that come with the show for that character. The one that he said, no experience, like she had like worked for the FBI and the CIA and all this kind of stuff. And like, she had years of experience and then he's like telling her like, yeah, you don't have no practical, no practical experience or whatever. It's fine. And then he like brings cupcakes for them to have sprinkles, sprinkle with sprinkles. And then he mentions that, uh, you know, by by the way, uh, we have performance reviews that y'all need to sign and uh, they're just formality. And then, Later on in the episode, we find out that he fired almost the entire department, and that, well, the one of the few people left is the Almond Joy girl from uh <laughs> from season two, season which two. Uh, she's great. I'm glad she's back. She's just she's a funny character, even though she's put in these like weird. She's, situations. she's been on all three seasons. All three, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, she uh she's she's great too. But the fact that these people were fired for their tweets. That were not in favor of Homelander. Yeah, critical of Homelander. Like that's that's pretty funny. That also goes with his very you know sensitive like weak leadership. Like he's you know it's everything that Edgar said in that speech is like you you have no idea what we have to do to cover up for you and the stuff that you you know now he's you know we're seeing like his how uh, you know how despite how strong he is he just doesn't have the the chops to to lead this company none whatsoever but whatsoever i was happy to see the almond joy uh crime analyst return i think that's kind of a funny like uh a funny tick for that character yeah she she shares that with starlight as they're trying to do whatever it is that they're doing and um going back to the 
the encounter of Soldier Boy with Crimson Countess and that parallel between Soldier Boy and Homelander. The fact that Crimson Countess knew that Soldier Boy was taken to Russia and right. she asked the boys, how did he escape Russia? Right. And she knew that that Soldier Boy would come for her, which obviously he was going to. But first, Butcher intersects Soldier Boy's plan and basically is asking for a team up, you know. And meanwhile, Huey and, and Starlight are having their own domestic about taking Compound V and blah, blah, blah. But when Soldier Boy goes inside to talk to Crimson Countess and basically says, you know, I was hoping that you would come for me because you loved me. And she's like, I never loved you. I hated you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's how we're going to go and deal with it. But then, no, he takes it to the next level <laughs> and completely singes her, right? Oh, yeah. So if that isn't some kind of foreshadowing for what Homelander is going to do to Maeve, right. I don't know what would be. George, what, what was your take on that whole scene? Yeah, no, uh, I agree with you, but I think that's definitely going to foreshadow what's going to happen to me. Not, maybe not in that drastic fashion like like that, but like a nuke going off. I don't think you could beat that. That's that's that was insane. That's not. It's going to happen to me somehow. For sure, Maggie says it was the fact she sold him out for nothing in return. Right, that hurt. Yeah, because he said, so. "How much did they pay you?" And she said, you know, I hated you. I always hated you. We all hated you. So, mm -hmm. which, yeah, like you said, is the very same with how everybody feels about Homelander. So the parallel is is the same. I, I do like the fact that Butcher realizes like, hey, this soldier boy, he's our one shot at this, you know, because he has the power to depower soups and obviously kill them. You know, some of them he can kill, but I think here's my prediction. I think they, I think we will see a depowered Homelander at some point, and he'll have to deal with not having powers. I think that would be a very interesting like take on this season or maybe next season. I'm not sure. Something that was mentioned earlier by Butcher when talking with Maeve because she questioned if Ryan, Homelander's son, could potentially take out Homelander, and Butcher says it would be years before Ryan could even right. attempt that i wonder too if that could play into any future plans yeah and frank mentioned it in our last episode it, it just kind of be poetic with having ryan take out his his dad right for every every bad thing that he's ever done to to anyone especially his yeah. mother i agree well, i guess my final question for y'all is so how soon do we see the the meeting between Soldier Boy and Homelander? Is it next episode? Is it next the episode. Yeah. I think next episode is going to be fucking crazy. Next episode, I believe, is the Herogasm. And right. it, I've read tweets from several of the actors who all say it's their favorite episode. Right. So hopefully this is not amping it up for a letdown. I have not been let down by any of the boys episodes. I have no idea what to expect. I have no idea if we're going to see a showdown between soldier boy and Homelander in the next episode. If it's not the next episode, it's going to be the finale. I am just very much looking forward to this Thursday. And I say this Thursday because the previous episode did air Thursday, yep. 7 PM. Let's hope Justin. Our Let's time. This one, this one <laughs> yeah. comes out on Thursday. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed everyone. Jinx yeah. Knock on wood. I was yeah. so happy this past Thursday when like around seven, I noticed the episode was there. I was like, that's awesome. They're back. Amazon has forgiven me. And so uh, I appreciate uh -huh. it. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that we're getting it at uh, 7 PM on Thursday. That's, that's the best way to go. So Maggie thinks that she thinks the uh, meetup will be in the last episode. She says yeah. next week's episode is going to be insane. The memes are hilarious. They talk about buckets of, um, Certain body liquids. Yeah, I mean the the hero gasm is a reference to it's a very sexual situation from the comics. <laughs> so I I don't I think that we're gonna get that pro probably the beginning of the episode I would guess right that's just gonna be how we start off. I mean I don't like the giant penis. That yeah, we saw. I don't think we're gonna get. I, I think it'll be the shocking start to the episode. Whereas I think that I don't know how much that's actually gonna play into the storyline, but. uh 
I don't know. You're right. Everyone, they're all talking about this. So obviously it plays a huge part or it it's very shocking. So uh, something to look forward to, obviously. I mean, the boys is awesome anyway, but I think this episode is going to very much so. It's going to take it to another level if that's even possible. So, so final thoughts of the episode. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you want to mention? I think we pretty much t- touched on everything. Uh, George, was there something that you wanted to discuss or no. have any predictions for next episode other than the fact that you think the next, the meetup is going to happen next episode? Yeah. Uh, nothing over this episode. We've covered everything. Uh, I think next episode, I, I could see the meetup. I'm, I'm thinking like the Game of Thrones type of, it was like always like the second to, to not second, it was like the third to last episode that was always the, the craziest. Yeah. So that, that's the only reason to say I, I hope something. Uh, that's a good point. So, something sick happens. Yeah, I, I, I have no expectations. I, I just I just literally cannot wait for it. I'm so, I'm loving this season. It's It's been such a great season so far. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, we'd like to hear your thoughts on uh, what you think about the season three of the boys so far. And uh, if you'd like to let us know on social media, Brittany, how can people find us on social media? You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search the watchers in the basement or use the handle watchers basement. You can also help grow our audience. If you have been here long enough, you know that we are on our way, the road to 100. We're trying to get 100 subscribers here on YouTube. Help make that happen. You can do so by using hashtag WatchersBasement when tweeting about us, commenting, what have you. Just be sure to use hashtag WatchersBasement. And for those who are not into video podcasts, that's totally cool. You can listen to our audio podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, thanks to Anchor.f. M. And please be sure to give us a five-star rating. It really helps out our podcast channel. Hopefully one day we can make this into a full-time job, but for now, this is uh this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it, Brittany. Uh, thank you for that. Also, by the way, you said the road to 100. So not only do we want hundred subscribers, but we're getting close to hundred episodes. If we haven't already done that. And we, oh we may gosh. have already done that because we, check. we did, we've done many. It's That's been, crazy. we're on our third year, right? third or fourth year uh we're in our fourth year fourth year so yeah we're getting we've either done 100 or we're getting very close to 100 so uh big things are happening here for the watchers in the basement so uh anyway yeah we uh we're gonna be back next week to discuss episode six of season three we uh hope that you uh, join us and we appreciate everybody for watching so for for george for Brittany, and for myself we will see you next week thank you <laughs>